Welcome to Life Words Day by Day. We've been looking in Acts chapter 20 and 21 and seeing Paul passionate and determined to make it to Jerusalem so that the Jewish believers there would know that Gentile believers were sincere in their faith because they would be bringing an offering to help the Jewish believers out. But Paul has also been warned or he's been told by the Holy Spirit that a lot of hardship awaits him in Jerusalem. And as Paul was traveling on his way, he would stop into different churches and these churches would find out what was going to be happening to Paul and they would, out of concern for him, plead with him not to go to Jerusalem. And Paul would have to make a decision. Am I going to follow the Lord or am I going to listen to these other people who care for me and who love the Lord as well? And sometimes that's the way it is in our lives as we follow Christ. Other people do not want to see us run into harm or danger. Yet we know as believers that if we're going to follow Christ, suffering awaits us. And we've seen different people, including Paul. And we looked yesterday at a man named John Patton. I want you to think about with me today the, the father of the modern-day mission movement, William Carey. Carey kept pleading and urging his fellow pastors to set up some type of missions agency. But they always seemed to have more important concerns that were closer to home. And at one particular meeting, an elder pastor stood up and snapped at him and said, Young man, sit down. When God pleases to convert the heathen, he'll do it without consulting you or me. Another obstacle that Kerry ran into was when he was preparing for ordination in 1785. He was rejected when he gave his first sermon as a candidate. And it took two more years for him to eventually be ordained to the ministry. Kerry's missionary concern was ignored until in 1792 he wrote one of the most important books in all of church history. It's called An Inquiry into the Obligations of Christians. And in that book, he argued that Christ's great commission in Matthew chapter 28 was not just to the apostles, but to Christians of all periods. And it's proven to be kind of the charter of the modern Protestant missionary movement. Carey showed that if Christians want to claim all the comforts and promises that the New Testament affords, they must also accept the commands and instructions that are given there as well. Soon after that publication, he delivered a famous sermon in which he admonished Christian leaders to expect great things from God and to attempt great things for God. He and his friends formed a missionary society, and they sent Carey as their first missionary to India, along with a man named Dr. John Thomas. Did you know Carey spent seven years in India before seeing his very first convert? And then there was the problem of the persecution of anyone who became a Christian because it disrupted and broke up the caste system in India. At that time in India, there were all sorts of practices that opposed Christianity that Kerry would have to oppose as a Christian. Children were sacrificed to the gods. Widows were burned alive on their husbands' funeral pyres. There was official opposition from the British East India Company, which did not want missionaries in India. There was the disastrous fire in 1812 at the mission printing plant that destroyed years of Carey's translation work. 
There were repeated attacks of malaria and cholera. There was impoverished living conditions, insufficient funds to barely eke out even the most minimal of existences. Carrie had to take up secular employment just to survive. So all of those hardships, all of those obstacles, some might wonder, was it worth it? And William Carey would say, without a doubt. Carey formed a team of colleagues whose accomplishments elevated them to the first magnitude in all missions history. Carey's team translated the Bible in 34 Asian languages, compiled dictionaries of Sanskrit, Marathi, Punjabi, and Telugu. Respected even today as authoritative. They started the still influential Serampore College. They began churches and established 19 mission stations. They formed 100 rural schools, encouraging the education of girls. They started a horticultural society of India. They served as a professor at Fort William College, Calcutta. They began the weekly publication of The Friend of India, which still continues today. They printed the first Indian newspaper. They introduced the concept of savings bank to assist poor farmers. His fight against the burning of widows helped lead to its ban in 1829. And we could go on and on and on, but I think you get the idea. Equally important is the vision that Carey raised for missions. His life inspired tens of thousands to give themselves for the spread of the gospel. I'm sure if you were to ask Paul today if he thought he wasted his life by being so adamant about taking Gentiles and the offerings to Jerusalem, he would say, I did not waste my life. It was worth everything I had to give up or leave behind. If you were to ask John Patton or William Carey if they thought they had wasted their lives in living in the center of God's will, even though it meant hardship and danger, I'm sure we would hear them say, absolutely not. Who are you listening to first and foremost? And are you wasting your life today? When you pray today, please remember John Bainline and his family, our missionaries in Michigan. Also, remember the Burmese Life Word broadcast in Burma. Mm -hmm.